guys. So, welcome to Let's Talk Learning, the space where learning comes alive. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Amy. And together we're tutor team managers at the National Learning Group and part of a team that is dedicated to transforming the way that individuals learn online. Hmm. In this podcast, we're going beyond the classroom to discuss innovative and effective educational strategies with insights from colleagues. Today, we have an expert coming in later on, real experiences uh, from tutors and learners. So each week we explore a new topic and draw on our experiences as tutor team managers and also experiences in the classroom. And today's topic is tailoring education to individual learners' needs. So with that topic, I think there's no one better to talk about and basically define what tailoring or personalization is than yourself, Elizabeth. No pressure. No no pressure. (laughs) So personalized learning um, is basically defined as having to approach your students um, and think about their learning level, their abilities and tailoring your approach to teaching them um, so they can learn in the most effective way for them. Mm -hmm. Um, That could be somebody who needs support and would possibly be uh, on the SEND um, level. Um, It could also be someone who needs further challenge so what would be the the old uh, G&T um, program so tutors teachers we all have to be aware of it and essentially bear it in mind yeah. use it used to be called di- differentiation yeah. but I believe that that's an old-fashioned term now yeah there are lots of different approaches and it's it's quite interesting to see how diverse the terminology is when it comes to tailoring or personalization, or if you said on differentiating, mm. you know, the student-centered learning, student-driven approaches, there's so many different pedagogies um, that focus on tailoring and making the needs of the learner the focus approach. Mm. And yeah, the, the, and I think a very common misconception is that when you tailor learning, it just has to be for students who need support. And so I'm glad you mentioned there, it is also about the students who need challenging as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the main thing with tailoring and personalization of learning is doing it in a way which doesn't give too much away to the student, especially in a classroom setting, because mm. when you have to tailor learning, it's about finding an appropriate way to tailor it. Yes, absolutely. So sensitivities is one of those big things. And it's something as well that we we tell our tutors to be sensitive and um, to make sure that they're not bringing something up that might cause a lot of upset, especially if it's the first time it's it's been mentioned. Um, This is something I dealt with in the classroom because my first job I was in um, I was in an all girls boarding school and the policy there was if if something is needed to be done in terms of supporting the students, you didn't make a big deal about it. Um, you wouldn't approach the student necessarily. You'd know that there were there was something you needed to work with, um, but you had to ensure that your resources weren't different. So it was actually quite difficult. And that was in a private setting. It was quite difficult to actually give a different worksheet where I'd been trained to do that. Um, to differentiate my worksheets and now I, I I know because I've when I was doing supply worksheets can be printed on different colored paper yeah. and things like that but um, I think maybe the sensitivities have been removed from it slightly but it's still something you have to be very aware of I'd say yeah 
absolutely. I mean, I remember the systems used for differentiating or tailoring um, different levels and different abilities of worksheets and activities when I was in school mm. were very much focused on the traffic light system. And we had different abilities of tables. I remember we had different colours and it was very clear who was on each table because everyone had the same activity oh, okay. and the tables didn't receive as much support. So there would potentially be a, um, a learning um, or teaching assistant by that table. And in classrooms now, in every classroom that I've taught in, it's very different. Mm. Tables can't be grouped on ability. Okay. They have to be mixed ability tables. Um, and that encourages, obviously, peer-on-peer -peer support. Yeah. Um, but it also removes... I think, in a way, it makes tailoring more difficult because mm. you can't pinpoint a specific area or a specific table or a specific group that needs additional support. But it removes any risk of students feeling you know isolated or worried about where they're performing yeah. in relation to the peers and I think that's really good in that sense but it also means that teachers and tutors have to have an understanding of how to tailor needs in a way that students won't click onto it yeah in a way and I think you mentioned before it encourages the students to take responsibility for their yes. learning as well. So it's it's actually quite a nice way of doing it because what what we're doing there is giving the students responsibility and in a way permission to kind of work out where their skills lie yeah. and but not to see the different skills as weaknesses uh, because I remember when I was training it was very much if there's someone who's got a, a, a different ability, um, you give them a different worksheet. And I, I just don't think that works. It makes them feel left out. It makes them feel singled out. And also, I've, I've read uh, my figures here telling me that um, the number of SEN um, pupils in England now have increased, um, we've got 1.5 million pupils in England with SEN, um, and that's an increase of 87,000 from 2022. Um, I'm guessing that's from 2023, I should have looked up my date. Um, I'm also reading the percentage of pupils with an EHC plan has increased to 4.3% from 4% in 2022, um, etc. So we need to bear that in mind, but I also just probably because of my teaching background, I'm also very aware of the most able and mm -hmm. the fact that they um, don't have that ability to be kind of formally recognised. It seems to have gone from our educational system. How was that yeah, so dealt with? From my most recent experience, it was a case of... Obviously, assessment still forms the basis for everything. So you had those assessments, you had assessments to work off, you had that data-driven approach to tailor learning. Yeah. Um, but you had to also take into account the student-centred um, approach, and this is where tailoring comes comes into it. So in my most recent classroom, I, I love the approach they have. They use the solo taxonomy, so Bloom solo taxonomy, which has mm. five different structural levels on how students learn. Yeah. And it starts with pre-structural and it ends with, I'm going to have to go to my notes here, but extended abstracts. There's five different yeah. levels. And this first level is where the student has no underlying concept of the topic that's being learned. Mm. And students work through sets of activities to build that up. Mm -hmm. And they're obviously selected by the teacher that shows different levels of understanding until they reach this extended abstract and in this level, they've 
mastered the, the concept. Yeah. And the way that they did this was just by providing students with different levels of activities and asking the student to pick which one they felt comfortable with. And this allowed the students to have their own independence. But then if we saw students go into an activity that we thought, right, maybe you could be challenged a little bit further here, mm. we'd encourage them to choose a, a more difficult one. And the way these activities work, would there be multiple in each different level and they could choose which one. If they struggled with it, they could go back. Yeah. And they, they were responsible for their own learning, obviously supervised. And then for the students that needed to be challenged more, you'd have additional resources and exit tickets, which were probably pitched at the year above. Um, and also challenged them and allowed the students that probably were performing at a higher level than their peers to be challenged. And I thought that was a great way to tailor learning and also push the students that needed to be pushed, but offer support to the ones who needed it as well. In terms of tailoring needs and the way that it's in a more sensitive nature, mm. and we've talked about what tailoring is, how it can be implemented in the classroom, you know, some of its challenges, and also how we can apply it in an online setting, but we're not online tutors. No. And I don't think we can fully do it justice, just mm. how beneficial it can be. You know, we've observed it. We know how beneficial it can be, but we've not seen it in hand. And so without further ado, we would like to bring one of our first ever tutors at the National Learning Group and our fellow tutor team manager, yeah. Danny Palmer. Okay. <laughs> um, we're very lucky to have Danny with us here today. She's a wealth of knowledge in this area because she's been both a classroom teacher and an online tutor. Mm. And Danny is actually one of National Learning Group's founder tutors and is here to give us some insights into how National Learning Group equips the tutors to create personalised, um, I like to call it bespoke, <laughs> education <laughs> plans for its students. So, hi Danny. Hi. And do you want to just start us off with your you mentioned that you have a year sorry an age five student and they're yeah. actually working at a year seven level so yeah so this student has kind of become an extension of my family he likes to say hello to everybody <laughs> so I've been teaching him uh three years this month so he were he'll be almost six so he I've taught him phonics and everything from the beginning because he was so interested in, in learning things. Once I taught him phonics, I released a beast basically because as soon as he could read, he didn't stop and he read everything and he asked a thousand questions. Um, but yeah, he's a lovely kid, but he's almost six and his testing shows him at a year seven level. Wow. So he's very difficult to plan for. Yeah. Um, He's still a kid also, still loves Mario and dinosaurs and playing and, and yeah. all of those things. But because he's so inquisitive, so advanced, he gets bored very easily. And this is the problem that his parents are having at school mm. because he can work independently. He's socially aware mm -hmm. and he's so advanced for his age that he doesn't see the point in going because he's not learning anything. And it's like if you're in a job and you don't enjoy it, you wouldn't want to stay there, stay there for six hours a day. No. Because he doesn't feel like he's getting anything out of it. Yeah. So it's really difficult in my experience as a teacher, more difficult if you have a child that is ahead than a child that needs that intervention. Yeah, I think it, it is too. You know, normally yeah. in a classroom we teach from the middle outwards. Yeah. yeah. But it's really difficult when 
you have class classroom talks and things on the carpet because they're bored and they find it patronising because they already know the answer and because they're naturally inquisitive, they put they know a lot of things and retain a lot of information yeah. really easily. They know a lot of things about animals and just life in general. Yeah, they do. a lot of facts. I think with my student I have now, the thing that is a very different from the other students I've taught, even internationally, not just English speaking students, is that he has very good social skills yeah. for his age as well, yeah. which don't always come hand in hand. They still, they could have a year seven or year eight, you know, testing, but they're still they're still five years yeah. old and they still yeah. find that conflict and emotional, um, you know, the way they deal with their peers and stuff and when they have little arguments, they still find that yeah. difficult because they are still five or six. But he is very emotionally aware um, and Quite mature, so. very mature yeah. for his age. He almost just it's like he knows in his head that he's not like everybody else but in a way he still wants to be and sometimes he pretends to be interested in things that he's not interested in just to have conversation with other children his age um so yeah I've been teaching him for three it'll be three years coming he was one of my first ever students at NLG and yeah it's it's difficult but also the lessons that you teach that are difficult, you learn something from them as yeah, well. You know, being a, just tutoring online and not being in the classroom anymore, every day in the classroom is different. You learn something new mm. and you become a better teacher. And it's the same with these students. They, they challenge it and when things don't work, they don't work, but you but they don't work for a reason and you learn something from that. Mm. Um. So, yeah, you kind of get that PD from all, all of your students because... Like they'll not, they will not hesitate to tell you that it's boring or rubbish. They will not hesitate. I have a, tu- a child with SCN who is also extremely intelligent, but he, I was trying to teach him something. He said, "Oh, I'd rather be cutting the grass than doing this." <laughs> <laughs> and it, you just have to laugh it off because not everything works, right. and it's all about, you know, it's something that works for one child doesn't work for the other, yeah. and it's the same in class. You could teach one subject the year before and it's gone really well and you could come to do it from the same angle the next year and the kids just look at you blankly like what is this this is boring yeah I've had that and you have to go (laughs) okay I need to change it up it's the same with tutoring yeah but in terms of that student there you you mentioned so much about him as a student like you know him your relationship seems amazing it's so hard to develop that relationship for 30 students oh yeah and you've also mentioned, you know, SEN and, you know, the student who's clearly quite gifted there. Um, do you think it would be as easy to make all the, like, accommodations that you make for in your lessons in a classroom as it is? No. no. I think it, the biggest challenge that teachers have is, not, you know, if you are a teacher and you want to teach, you'll teach and you're a good, you know, you'll you'll have such a good relationship with your class and your and all of your kids you get to know them naturally and you spend more time with them during the day than you do with your own family yeah and they and you do as a teacher you do just end up having every year 30 children and your own family yeah you do, you do and you and I can remember like walking around doing my weekly shop and thinking oh that child really like that uh-huh. and you have to stop yourself because you have to remember they're not your children yeah but you get so invested in them. And when you have a student that is 
either so far ahead or a student that needs intervention and even those students in the middle you, you don't forget about the students in the middle that just plod along you don't forget about them you become invested in them and things they love and that's how you make that connection with them by learning about the things they love learn like tailoring your lessons if you've got a child that really loves to dance or loves singing or loves to read you tailor your lessons in a way that appeals to them yeah. so you engage them and it's the same way online like I have a student who always brings a snack and I always forget and then like a minute before I'm about to teach them like quick in the colors looking for a snack and I don't have to eat it he just wants to know what I brought oh. and that's it and it's just those things and I get I get really like proud of myself if I've remembered a snack like I'd be doing my <laughs> shopping online and be like right I need a snack for that lesson because you'll like engage with it yeah it's, you know it's a we, human thing yeah, isn't it yeah and as well you're not like mrs what yeah. your surname you're you talk to them about things and related to your life and stuff like yeah. that and related to their life like they'll say things like oh you've had your haircut or you noticed they've had their and then they'll talk about something else and like if you're teaching them time or you're teaching them about money they'll say oh I went to the shop and I bought this and, that, and it leads into conversation and yeah. you get to know so much more about them and this is why I kind of transitioned from teaching in a classroom to tutoring in the first place during lockdown when I was teaching my own class online every day yeah. for eight hours a day yeah. I realised that I could have such more influence on them being a tutor than I ever could as a teacher I mean I, I love teaching in a classroom I love the kids but I made friendships with their parents and with them for life you know mm. they those children that you teach they influence how you are the next year and how you are with yeah. the children they teach you a lot about yourself as well so you become very reflective when you teach when you tutor in because they you have such an impact on them and they have such an impact on you and I think that's the beauty of tutoring and yeah you know getting to know those these students so well that you can you can literally predict their answers sometimes when you ask them questions about things and what's striking as well is you have to it's that word plan I mean yeah. I know it comes like it's more natural as you go through the months with them mm -hmm. but you can't just ideally start a tutoring session without at least having thought okay what is the ability of yeah. this student how am I going to pitch it will this work I don't know but I've got an idea of yeah. what it is I need I think with that and like we do use a lot of online resources where technically the lessons are planned yeah and things yeah, yeah. you can just search oh I want to teach the money on yeah uh, we're true. teaching about money teaching about coins or whatever mm. and you could pull up a full lesson plan but you you're not going to engage with anybody no. by doing that and no. I think that's why it's important as tutors, and especially what we do with our meetings and things that we have with other tutors, we share resources because you can't you can't spend hours researching things. It's impossible because you want to put all of your energy into actually teaching them. And it's yeah. exhausting also teaching yeah, yeah, yeah. online. And it, you wouldn't think it would be, but you have to be so much more narrative and like... Yeah, you're on uh, all the yeah, time. Yeah, all the time. Because yeah. you're trying to also get as much out of it as possible for them. Yeah. Because there isn't anybody that is a, is a teacher that doesn't want to do their best for every single child. No, you're right. I have like 42 students now at the minute and 
I could probably tell you every single birthday, every single favourite colour, every because you get invested in them. Yeah, you do. You can learn about them. You do. It brings me back to when I was teaching in my school in Dubai, like mm. in the first year. I had a year eight class and I had, um, well, I had a lot of, I key stage three, four in IB. Um, and we were doing something on the board. I can't remember what it was, but I had this very bright boy mm. and we were going over the homework because I knew that I had students in that class who'd have been, Charles the First, what? Because we were looking at the English Civil War. Yeah. And I was going over it, writing it up, and this boy just put his hand up and he went, why are we doing this? What's the point of doing this? Exactly what you were saying yeah. about the, the one who's ahead and how, how do you then make that okay in the classroom setting and, you know, make the other students that he's basically going why are we going over this we already know this these people yeah. you know are clearly not as intelligent as me and as that that's the kind of thing you you're facing so I, I would say and I actually haven't tutored online it's something that I've I will do when mm -hmm. I have more time after my little toddler's a bit older um but it it there is a difference there and I, and I can imagine it's much more intense um things would be noticed yeah. much more quickly as well with a classroom you know if you're having a slightly tired day and, and you need a little you know break you can say right get on with that for five minutes and I'm going to go sit down and gather my thoughts but yeah with online it's it's different but I think the key thing is preparing for it so I don't know if Amy would has this in her head to ask you but I was thinking do you have Three top tips for our tutors. Yeah, some advice in terms of tailoring. Yeah, I think in terms of tailoring, I think one, expect the unexpected because it's going to happen. Yeah. And when you're, it's pressure sometimes because especially if you're teaching in primary, the parent will normally be there. And sometimes they will literally just ask you questions. Yeah. Like, for example, I'm pregnant and I had to tell my students, look, I'm going to be off with this one, but I'll come back. Yeah. And the first thing one of my students said, how did the baby get in there? <laughs> of course. And you have to be prepared for everything. Yeah. And, and it's, they will ask you everything. And also be prepared to not know the answer. And it's all yeah. right to say, oh, I don't know. I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, I but agree. my you will know you you'll see my students remember if they ask me something I say oh I'll get back to you next week that'll be the first thing they ask so you have to make sure you know oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and that's just what it's about it's being prepared you know also everybody has a rubbish lesson and it's not don't take it to heart children are also like human beings we all have off days too it and also recapping things yeah. that you did from the yeah. before you might find you might think last week they literally learned nothing and it was terrible and you blame yourself because you do and yeah. then you come back to it and go okay so let's recap what we did and they'll just go and give you everything and they're like what how did that happen yeah and it's just it's being comfortable within yourself to realize that you're not a robot and you're not superwoman or superman if something goes wrong it is absolutely perfectly okay to admit that it is going wrong and also as you teach for longer and you've taught with using more resources you get much better at thinking on your feet and you can just switch it up very quickly yeah now i'm not saying you should always have a plan b it would be impossible if you have lots of students to always have a plan no, b you can't. 
but you can set them independent something independently to do so that you can think fast and it's the same with teaching in the classroom you don't yeah. be able to think fast yeah. and you know I think you feel a bit of pressure in the beginning but then you become more comfortable with that with that um my other tip would be also enjoy them because they're not always going to be there forever no they're not and I always say to my students I'm like Nanny McPhee so when you, <laughs> at the beginning, when you don't want me I'm here and then when we get to the end and you don't need me anymore I'm not there oh. so I mean I've just finished teaching an LG student, LG student that I've had for like since the beginning they were she was my second student oh. and my mum came to the camera she's like I'm, I don't think she needs it anymore and I said I agree I did say that months ago you know this is just you now we're getting further ahead and she was crying because I'd been such a massive part of her life yeah and any question she's ever had it she's just sent me an email and I've, and I've answered it and yeah. you you kind of you're not just a tutor, you're part of their support network because lot, lots of people come to you in crisis, don't they, where they don't they know do. what to do and you have to do a lot of reassuring. And I get it because, you know, this is an investment and you do have to reassure people, but it's also it, it's also important to also recognise that every student is not going to be the right student for you too. Mm-hmm. And because it is a personable experience, if you feel like you are not the right person for that student, it is absolutely okay to say that because you're not going to get on with everybody and you're not no. going to have a connection no matter how you try with everyone. Yeah. Um, I was saying to one of my students yesterday, we were talking about shapes and talking about rhombus and diamond, and I said I had a little boy in my class that I tried my best when I was in Dubai to make a connection with. He, he was ESL. His mum said he can speak English, but he never said a word, literally for months. And we started looking at shapes. And like, he would sit under the desk. He wouldn't even oh, sit on the him. And... Like sometimes it's like like you're like like this trying to coax them out, and you feel like this poor kid. Like it's not a cat that's like gone behind yeah. the sofa, and now I'm just trying to coax them out. But if you don't have that communication, yeah, and you haven't made that connection with them, no matter how hard you've tried, like yeah. it kept me awake at night. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I put pictures of like shapes on the board, and he starts to come out, and he oh. was interested in math. And he was interested in that. There you go. And somebody said that a rhombus was a diamond. And he, clear as day, I'd never heard him speak, just went, no, that's a rhombus. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I was like, who said that? Where did that come from? That's not a voice I'd heard. But once I knew he was interested in, like, yeah. building stuff and shapes and, like, problem solving. You can tailor it to yeah, that. Yeah, he became my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I would have to say to him, okay, you can go over there now with everybody else because you would just stand this close to it yeah. all the time. Oh. But it's the same with online. Like, you like you have to... You, you will make those connections where they'll go... In the first, like, ten lessons, maybe, they just absolutely hate you. They don't want to talk to you. And they'll go like this and look around. And then they'll, like, put things on the screen and change their faces to different things. And then you'll get to, like, where you've taught them for a while... And you'll get to 40 minutes or whatever. And you're like, right, okay, I'll see you next week. No, I just need to ask you another question. Yeah, I've got another student on five minutes. So it has to be quick. And then they'll just start telling you stuff. And and they don't want you to leave there. Yeah. And it, you, you make those connections. But it's also okay if you don't. But, yeah. I think if you've never taught online, you'll, yeah. especially if you've been in the classroom, 
and you go to teach online, it's it's gonna be a bit something odd. Something else, or like it's so rewarding. Yeah, and it's a laugh a minute as well. It is. Brilliant. So you say there's the initial challenges, but then once you get to a yeah. place where you feel comfortable, you really yeah. start to see the rewards. Yeah, I think you learn a little bit about yourself mm. every lesson rather than every day. Okay. Because every single child you meet has such a different personality and you see that more because there isn't anybody else but you and them. Yeah. There's no other children to impress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no friendship very different. And they are so much more open with you than they would, would be in a classroom. And, like, I, I teach primary and I teach GCSE as well. So I'll meet teenagers where parents have said they don't listen in school their teachers are telling me that they're not interested they don't they don't answer any questions in GCSE and then I'll get them in a, into the, the lesson and I'll be like oh what are you interested in and the first lesson could literally be 20 minutes talking about football but you ask the parents beforehand and say what are they interested in prepare like I know nothing about rugby but I know absolute tons now because I have a student that loves rugby and that's how you make that connection yeah those barriers that they've got up yeah that you pull them down and they think oh hold on a minute this person actually cares and they'll say oh I've got a football match on Saturday my first question the next lesson will be how's a football match on Saturday and like you, they feel well, it's the connection, it. isn't yeah. it? We yeah. were saying this earlier. We were saying in a classroom, you, you can't do that. No. You can't. No, I mean, impossible. you will try as hard as you as hard as you may to remember every single thing they tell yeah. you. But they'll come in and be like, "Oh, did you remember it was my dance dance class yeah. on Sunday, my dance show?" And I'm like, yeah. Oh, "Yeah, I did. I did. I remembered." But you, you don't. Yeah. You can't. But if you're in a one-to-one setting, you can really listen and you can really yeah. take in everything that the students say in. And I think that is just the thing that sets apart yeah, online tutoring. Students open up more online than in a lesson than they do in the classroom. Yeah. Oh yeah, they because rude. you become more approachable because yeah. you're you're not actually there and they don't have to see you every day. And sometimes they like they will tell you their problems and things. And sometimes it becomes a, a bit like therapy, especially with the older kids when they're nervous about exams. Yeah. But yeah. You, you you don't mind because you want to help them. But as with GCSE students, you get to know them so well and then you know they're going to leave and, like, you know it's the last one. So I always make the effort, like, in August to to call them or send them an email on results day saying, how did it go? That's nice. Because it doesn't... You don't stop thinking about them. Like, uh, they don't just disappear. Yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, that's what it's about, you know... When you're a teacher, you have like you 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 don't have a choice. It's just in you. You care, and it, it doesn't stop. You care about everything that's going on, especially when it was like the height of COVID. I had a student whose one of their parents died, and oh. I I don't teach them anymore, but I still speak to them. They still send like send me messages and tell send me my mum sends me pictures of like wards and things because you're a massive part of their lives yeah. and. You know when you're older and you say, oh, I had this teacher in year one and she was my favourite. And do you remember when you say it to your friends and things? I still have a favourite teacher. Yeah. I can remember her name. I remember exactly what year group it is. And me and my friend group had exactly the same teacher. They yeah. stay with you. They, yeah. they stay with you for And I life. would like to hope that I am that teacher that stays with these students. Because you want to make a difference and be part of their lives, for sure. I'm positive that you do, Danny. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that 
you you will have that and and they pop up at the most surprising times in I, life i actually saw one of my students at, at like a carnival i've never met them before oh, wow. and they and they walked past me and i was like <laughs> and then i said their name and the mum turned around because oh! i you you in real it, life it's so <laughs> it's a weird feeling like, yeah I've taught students I've never met and they've got like I've taught them for three years and they've gone now yeah but like to see a student like just walk past us I was like (laughs) it's that virtual digital age it is a bit it is still a bit kind of like we were talking about the last podcast it is quite a new age and it's quite weird at the same time he said to me he's like oh you're very tall I didn't think you were that tall (laughs) (laughs) I was like I'm not but because you you don't like you just see you yeah. see a screen. You yeah. see a screen. That's like it tells you you develop such close relationships through a screen. Yeah. When you see each other in, in real life, it, it's yeah, well, I've surreal. Taught, I've tutored in person and things. When I lived mm. in Dubai, I used to tutor after school mm. in person, mm. and I didn't enjoy it as much as being in the camera because they they like they don't open it up as much when you're in yeah, the, no. the room with them. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's obviously some sort of psychology, but like they open up so much more. So would you say that you could still develop the same levels of relationships? I think I've probably developed better bonds with some of the children I teach online than I have ever done teaching one-on-one. Why do you think that is? Do you think there's anything you can pinpoint to it? I don't know. I feel like the children find it easier to open up to you when you're not in the room. And they don't have to see you every day. Mm-hmm. And or see you walking around, or think, oh no, is that person going to say something that I've told them that yeah. was confidential, and they don't get that anxiety about yeah. it. Even though you are a trusted person when you're in the classroom, you do get children that, and it could be literally anything. It could be like my dog is sick. Yeah, yeah. They like they they find it easier to talk to you. I think. Because you almost don't exist. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things. And you're not always there all the time. Yeah. And you don't see them every day yeah. or see them if, you know, you live in the same area if you teach them one-on-one because you do. And, like, when I saw my student in the, like, village mm. I'd never met but I've been teaching for years, he was kind of, like, gobsmacked. He didn't know what to say to us. I was like, are you okay? And he's just like... <laughs> 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 because they don't expect it, do they? You yeah. know... You almost aren't real, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're such a big part of their lives. And yeah. I think it's just easier, isn't it, to yeah. to speak to somebody Absolutely. online. And I think without it, the world wouldn't be where it is today. So, Danny, thank you very much. That was really insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for sharing um, your experiences of online tutoring. We haven't taught online. We hope to one day when yeah. we do have the time. Yeah. <laughs> we will we will but you know it's something that I've been talking about for a while it's something is. that I really do want to do now you've mm-hmm. shared your experiences I think it's really insightful that you've said that students open up significantly more in an online setting because I think it's taboo that you know one-to-one tuition may be more beneficial but we can see it in our tutors and we can see it from our experiences that yeah. that isn't the case um and thank you to everyone who's listened today mm-hmm. we really do hope that you found our discussion insightful and hopefully it's um inspired you to give online tuition a go and also um highlighted the benefits of tailoring 
lessons to individuals needs. Yeah, which is really important as we have highlighted throughout this podcast. So for more interesting conversations and educational insights, please follow National Learning Group on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and TikTok sharing valuable resources and updates. Also, please don't forget to subscribe um, and also leave any comments about anything that you would like to be discussed in any future podcasts. And thank you very much for listening. Let's keep learning and exploring topics together. And I just wanted to add that if you have any questions for Danny, uh, you can leave them in the feedback, feedback comments on YouTube below the post. Thank you very much. And join us again for Let's Talk Learning. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.